1: on today's show we're joined by howard beck to discuss the future of the thunder organization what this core looked like in this present season and when you should be getting excited for thunder basketball all coming up
0: you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're joined by media luminary Howard Beck to discuss the future of the Thunder and say what up, Beck, and talk about the offseason season. To come today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Howard, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I'm happy to have you,
2: Rylan, uh, Great to be with you. Um, happy to have achieved luminary status. I'm adding that to my Twitter bio.
1: <laughs> you, you've absolutely achieved it. <laughs> you've absolutely deserved it. But <laughs> love it. Thank uh, you, How, Howard. You know, what was it like for you to, to watch this team from the outside take such a leap in production this year? We all know the expectations, especially after Chet Holmgren went down, but what kind of caught you the most by surprise?
2: Um, I want to say all of it on some level. Uh, look, I mean, obviously, Shane Gildas-Alexander had already shown signs of, of kind of burgeoning stardom, uh, so it, it's not that – Anybody surprised that SGA could become this really impactful player. The trajectory was there. The signs were there. The Clippers kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say they knew it, but you know, they were very, very hesitant to trade him a few years back in the first place because they really saw a lot of promise in him. But with young players, you never know when things are really going to all kind of click into place. And you could argue that it actually happened a season ago, but you know, to, to take it to another level this year where he's now, I mean, I think he's a, a you know a lock for one of the all NBA teams, which we will find out soon enough. Um, so you couldn't see that coming. You couldn't, you know, some things were were known, right? Like, you know, Lou Dort's kind of a known quantity. Um, Josh Giddy, I th- I thought, you know, made some strides, but I think we'd kind of seen what the outline of a of a Josh Giddy career might might look like, or what his his uh his strengths might be. Um Jalen Williams, look, I mean, that's that's you know. <laughs> Obviously, uh, guard J- Jalen Williams, Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Um, how are you guys doing this these days? By the way, like what do you what are you doing with the Jalen Williams quandary when you're having these conversations?
1: So that they they told us on the first press conference that they ever had together that throughout their whole lives the Arkansas Jalen Williams have, has gone by J will and throughout his whole life the Santa Clara Jalen Williams has gone by J Dub. So they actually had different <laughs> nicknames. So J Dub for Santa Clara, J will for Arkansas.
2: Got you. Uh. I mean, that's helpful, I guess, although uh, I was just trying to think of like for the national broadcasts that would still confuse the audience. It still wouldn't work. So they're just going to have to trade one of them at some point. Uh, we, so we need to simplify these things. Uh, stop messing with us, Sam Presti. Um, so uh guard Jalen Williams. Um, J-Dub. Yes. J-Dub, you got it. J-Dub. Uh, <laughs> um, you don't expect you know, you don't expect lower lottery picks to to pop like that immediately if they're going to pop at all. Um, then again, the Thunder have a really good track record in general of of finding um, the right guy, whether it's at, you know, 7, 9, 13, wherever. Um, they they do a nice job of this. So maybe we shouldn't be a surprised. But I think, look, the, the obvious thing here is nobody expected a 40-win season and a play-in berth. Nobody expected that they were going to be that competitive uh, that deep into the season, period. And I think... I think even for the Thunder, I think even the organization uh, was a little surprised by how big of a leap they took this year. I think they expected kind of slow, steady progress and to maybe be a team that was still somewhere in the mid-30s in terms of wins and and whatever. And look, to their credit, at a time when they could have really leaned into, it wouldn't be a tank at this point, but they could have certainly leaned into, hey, we've been in a rebuild for a few years and we're going to come out of it soon probably by next season anyway, Chet's going to get on the court. SGA's blossoming before our eyes. Let's not overdo it this season. Like they could have, they could have organizationally decided, you know what? Let's let's, you know, let's shut a couple of guys down here and there. And you know, if they're not above that. We've seen them do it before. So um, they could have leaned into it and, and decided let's, let's keep our, our lottery odds a little bit higher. And they didn't because I think, The smart thing you do as an organization is you, you, it's kind of a reading the room uh, situation where you look at who you've got and when SGA is popping the way he is, and they're as competitive as they are, there's a danger in deciding premature or deciding not prematurely deciding almost retroactively to say, this isn't the season we want to win. It's too soon. Um, And Now you may alienate your star, right? Remember this season started with everybody like the, the vultures were swirling and starting, you know, you know, all these speculative rumors about, and I I never thought that that SGA was on the market or that the, that the, that the uh, thunder had any intention of trading him. So I'm not surprised that they held on, but I think behind that when he's making this break, you know, having this breakthrough season and they're competing at this high level because of him, you don't then want to turn around and say, you know, we don't want to win right now, even if he understood it. I think you lean into the winning, which is what they did. They decided, you know what, let's, let's just let this thing run. It's course we'll be as good as we end up being. These guys will get a taste of important games down the stretch of the season. They'll get a taste of the play-in, which is not the playoffs, but Hey, it's, it's a step. It, it's, these are, it's a higher stakes game. The And the, down the stretch of the season, we're all higher stakes games because of competing for the play-in that is a, a good kind of training wheels um, approach to a, a young team to get them ready for higher stakes games in the very near future. So I think they did this right. Um, you know, I, th- I think they read the room in their own situation correctly. And they're now in look, there, are, there aren't that many times when you look at a, a team with a losing record, slightly losing record, and with multiple seasons of losing and go, man, I love where that team's at. And this is one of those cases because they've got a really promising core. Holmgren's going to presumably be, you know, there on opening night, and they've got, as you know, all the resources in the world—cap room, extra draft picks, and more extra draft picks, and more extra draft picks till the end of time—to build on this. And and they're a really smart front office. So like, I I don't know. We'll get to to what's next and all in moves and all that stuff, consolidating and all that. But like whatever they do um, they, they've they've certainly pos- positioned themselves really well to uh, to make that move and to be a really competitive team next season
1: it's going to be very exciting to see how this team kind of matures and grows and it feels like with all these resources they they can afford to make a couple of moves and even some get out of jail moves if they make the wrong move and they, they've got a lot of flexibility and kind of built in protection a little bit with all of their assets they have uh, moving forward but you mentioned Josh Giddy, and I think that he gets kind of push down the ladder a little bit whenever you see SGA make an all NBA leap and you see J Dub make, make this, you know, breakout season as a rookie as a low lottery pick. What did you see from Josh Giddy in year two? And, and it's hard to, to look forward in the future too much, but just your gauge on what he might be able to blossom into as he continues to mature,
2: you know, hard to say, um, you know, 20 years old turning what 21 by opening night, um, obviously still, you know, really young But I just the thing that impressed me about him, even as a rookie and certainly even more so this season, there's just kind of a steadiness and a polish to his game. Like the shot kind of comes and goes, but uh, he's he's just such a natural playmaker. Um, He's the he's the perfect uh, glue guy. And I I mean that in the best possible way, like his upside might be higher than that for all I know. But at this stage of his career, um, especially when you you've got a primary playmaker and Shea Gilders Alexander, who's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, I'm of the belief, generally speaking, that the more guys in your starting lineup who can uh, do something with the ball in their hands, multiple things with the ball in their hands, and especially making place for other guys who have great court vision, who are selfless, um, who love to pass and who can, you know, can, can break down a defense a little bit and, and open things up, um, for their teammates. It's great to have multiple of those guys and. You know, you're not going to build an entire team. I don't think you're building an entire team around Josh Giddey. Um, if, if this were a different situation and, and Shea weren't there, but um, that you have somebody who can do a lot when Shea's off the court, that you can that you have an, an, an outlet. So if the defense is overloading on on Shea and trying to take him away, Giddy can do things with the ball in his hands. It's just a really valuable thing to have. It's it, you know, it's a luxury in some play in some ways. Like there are teams where outside of their primary playmaker, there really isn't anybody. Like everybody else is, you know, a shooter, a defender, three and D guys, rim protectors, whatever. I just, I just think it's really an, an incredible luxury uh, and a great way to build a team too. Plus he's a, he's a big playmaker, right? He's, he's, you know, he's in that, uh, you know uh, you, you hesitate to use uh, the the magic Johnson comparison and it's not what I'm really look, looking for, but like, you know, six, eight guy who can, kind of run point at times um, or just a, you know, a big playmaker. It's a, it's a really advantageous um, thing to have. And so um, I like where he's at. I I think eventually, you know, we've seen some, some progress with the shooting. I I think he'll, he'll round into a pretty good three point shooter. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I think he's been fantastic. Um, And I think because he seems to me like a guy who does not need the world to revolve around him, he's also a great fit next to Shea.
1: Coming up, we're going to discuss when the Thunder should make their all-in move and what they should be looking for here as they go forward in the offseason and talk more about this core. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Game Time because Game Time is awesome and it's where you need to go for the last-minute tickets at the, at the lowest prices guaranteed. Check it out today for concerts, movies, the theater, comedy, sporting events, anything that you want to go to. You can get at game time. You can go there right now at game time and find everything that you want by downloading the game time app and using code locked in you get $20 off of your first purchase terms and conditions apply, create an account and redeem uh, code locked in for $20 off uh, because it's great. And you get ticket uh, cancellation uh, protection. If the event gets canceled, uh, you get all other productions too, for your money. Like if you lost your job, you get a protection for that as well. And so game time will help you out in that way. Plus let you secure uh, the tickets that you want with a view from your seat at the last second that way there's uh, you know not a ton of fees and it's just you with the lowest prices so you can get ready and get hyped for the event that you want to go to so check it out today it's the game time uh, app using code lockdown nba Media luminary Howard Beck, Howard Beck on Twitter. Uh, look, we, obviously we don't have like a crystal ball or anything, but at this time last year, whenever you were talking to people, whenever you were doing your own evaluations, you know, neither one of us are scouts or, or talent evaluators for NBA teams, but you know, we do watch some college basketball at this time last year, what was the feeling about Chet Holmgren and what he could provide to an NBA team from, from everyone that you talked to and everything that you saw?
2: Year goes a long time. Um, <laughs> Hard to remember at it my is. advanced stage. Um, you know, I, I think people were obviously very high on him. Um, you know, he, you know, he was a consensus top three guy. No matter how many people, no matter how people sliced that draft, um, and teams definitely had very different opinions about <clears throat> you know the 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 order of events there. Um, but I don't think anybody disagreed that Chet was at minimum, you know, or at, at worst. You know, third in that draft, and plenty of teams. I think I think there were teams that would have taken him one. Um, so he's in that mold of you know we're gonna you know go into this the the whole you know unicorn category of the you know whatever whether that that uh, uh, Wembenyama who's coming in and and you know Holmgren is some version of that he's not maybe Wembenyama level but like we've got all these guys now running around you know seven footers or or taller or in the vicinity of. Uh, who can handle and shoot and and make plays and protect the rim and do all these things, um, and all the focus of in the world for now is going to be on Wimbanyama and his version of that because he is like nothing we've ever seen. Um, but there are various you know iterations of of the unicorn model, and that's why everybody loved and fell in love with Chet um, during college. His, his college uh, uh, career was because he charts out as, as that guy. Um, it's, it's, it's always hard to tell. Like, look, you, you come in, you get hurt, you take the first season off. Are you in better position then because you've had a year to not like, like he obviously he's real thin or, or was it the time he's had a chance to put on some muscle to train at the NBA level, to be around an NBA team, to learn NBA um, systems, to observe like, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is a bad example now because of how far he's fallen off. But if you think about, you know, they basically redshirted, you know, early on in, in Philly, even going back to Blake Griffin with the Clippers um, when he got hurt early on and and missed his rookie season, there are these kind of, uh, you know, they're they're not the benefits you want. You don't want a guy hurt, especially a, a, a top prospect, but sometimes you're in better shape to, uh, to, to acclimate to the NBA game after you've been around it for a year, even if you weren't playing. So there's the glass half full version. I, I don't know what he's going to be when he finally steps out on the court. I just don't. Um, Summer league doesn't tell us enough. Your college career doesn't tell us enough. Not, you know, I'm I'm of the belief that, you know, and listen, scouts mess this up all the time and they're the ones who are paid to do this. And they know a lot more than you and I do. Um, I'm, I'm generally of the belief that, you know, until the guy actually gets out on the court, <laughs> We just don't know. Uh, I think there's all the promise in the world there. I know that the Thunder are still really excited about him. And I think he's got the great benefit of, you know, now joining a team that is not desperate for him to be the savior. Normally when you're, you know, top two, top three pick, you're viewed as the savior You and you come in with everything resting on your shoulders and he's not coming into a winning team, but he's coming to a team that, you know, finished, you know, two games below 500 you know or or, you know one win away from being 500 basically um and so they're already on the rise they already have an all nba start to to focus their identity around in shea they've already got some really solid players rounding into form um breakthrough season from uh you know or uh, multiple breakthrough seasons of various degrees but Jalen Williams is now I, I think ahead of schedule and Josh Giddy is settling in nicely and Lou Dort is established. And yeah, he, he just, he can just get out there, do what he does best. And no one, no one's going to say, you know, Hey, look, uh, you know, we, we, we need you to drop 25 a night and block three shots for us to have any hope or for us, us to find a path forward. No, they've got their path forward. They've got their core. They've got their, their North star in Shea. And I think that's an incredible luxury because it doesn't usually happen that way.
1: I, I love that that breakdown because I've been saying the same thing about the pressure getting pulled off of Chet a little bit, which can only help him, uh, along with everything else that you mentioned of the benefits of of kind of red shirting, even though you hope no one's ever hurt. And the Thunder truly believe in him. They're one of the teams that would have taken him if they got the the number one overall pick. Uh, and and we'll see how that goes. And with uncertainty. As the perfect word to describe this Thunder team, because even though they're 40 and 42, we, we don't know how Chet will react and play and, and fit into this team. We don't know uh, what the, the second year of J-Dub looks like. We don't know what Josh Giddy kind of turns into. Uh, so with that being said, and, and as someone who's covered the league for so long and has seen the different philosophies kind of play out and, and different scenarios play out whenever you get a core somewhat assembled, What would be your approach to this offseason if you're in Oklahoma City? Would you just remain patient, give yourself another season of data points to use to then go make an all in move? Or would you say, well, you've already got one, you know, all NBA team, possible first team. We'll see that in the coming days if he makes first team or not. But we've already got one all NBA talent. It it seems like now is a a good opportunity to strike.
2: So this is uh, like the most fascinating thing. And I think the Thunder in an off season where we've got a lot of teams that have some really fascinating decisions and quandaries and everything else, right? Like, you know, what are the Mavericks going to do with Kyrie? You know, um, there's, you know, what are the Nets going to do with, with all of their, you know, uh, three and D guys and draft picks. And are they going to make the all in move? Um, there's a bunch of teams that I think have some really interesting off seasons, but the Thunder probably are at the top of the list because they're good enough right now with this young core that you could, you know, just, you know, shop in in, in the, the second tier in the free agent market, right? Just get a couple of steady veterans to put around your youth and let this thing just keep organically progressing because you've got enough young talent that you expect are going to continue to evolve. Um, you're, I, I, There's no pressure, just as there's no pressure on Holmgren. I don't think there's any pressure on Sam Presti to like, go find a star now. He's got one for sure. And he's got another guy in Holmgren who might be, and we'll see what becomes of the rest of them. Is Jalen Williams eventually an all-star? I don't know. Maybe. Um, they don't have to do anything right now. Um, and I think they also, you know, they have the credibility and track record that, you know, whether it's the front office or fans are going to trust that that they are, you know, on the right path. And and so I think there's some patience built into this. They really haven't even been out of the playoffs that long when you think about it. Um, it's, it's really incredible how quickly they have uh, built up a, a really solid young core that, I think everybody expects will make the playoffs next season, um, and so I don't think there's any urgency. And I think kind of the um, the the way that, that teams are are playing this these days in the NBA, where free agency isn't you know the the be all end all anymore, right? Like it's rare to get like the, the Nets got Durant and Kyrene. It was a big victory at the time, and of course the, that 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 era went sour pretty quickly for all kinds of reasons. But that's not the norm right? The norm is now trading for a guy and especially trading for a guy who has just demanded out from somewhere. You know, you're waiting for the next, next discontented superstar and you want to be in a position to trade for the next guy when that happens. You don't know who it will be and you don't know exactly when it will be. So if you're a team that's still in search of a, a franchise star or, or a co-star, put yourself in the best possible position to trade for that guy. Well, they are. The thunder are because they've got a boatload of picks they've got a bunch of interesting young players they've got guys on reasonable contracts they've got cap room in case they need to make a lopsided deal salary wise they can absorb salary um i don't know who i don't know what that move is and i don't know when it is i just know that no team is better positioned when the next guy becomes available um this next wave it's, it's hard to say you know for sure right like is, is there a Carl Anthony Towns trade coming if, if the, the Wolves decide to do something dramatic there now that they're all in on on Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert and Rudy Gobert, you can't retrade and get any value for him. Plus, you you, you know, the point of the exercise was to, to be a great defensive team. So now are they, are they will they decide that maybe Towns is the expendable one? I don't know. Um, and if they do decide that, is that happening this this offseason? Un- unclear. Um, plenty of speculation about Trey Young. Um, he's not the right fit for the thunder. Obviously we've got the other guards, Lillard and Beal. I I don't, I don't see those as the moves for the thunder either for some obvious reasons Um, outside of that group. I don't know that there's anybody else that we're really keeping an an eye on. I think, you know, everybody thinks there, there, there's plenty of speculation about and, and, and rumors about James Harden wanting to go back to Houston. And if he does, you know that could go two ways for the Sixers right either they are um scrambling to to get Embiid another co star or there's what everybody else around the league is hoping which is that Embiid decides to sour on you know or gets you know sours on on the Sixers and says get me out in which case everybody's scrambling to try to make a trade for Joel Embiid uh and Embiid home grid front court would be really interesting um so Like that. That's pretty much the list of speculative potential stars who could be traded for this summer. And in every single case, of course, there's there's no reason to believe it's actually going to happen, right? Like none of them may be dealt. Um, It's probably more likely than not that none of them are dealt. But that's the group. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. I think that's the group that people are um, keeping an eye on their situations for for obvious reasons. Uh, I, I think. The Thunder have, you know, the the patience as an organization to, you know, just kind of read the league, see where things are heading. If something, if somebody shakes loose somewhere, they're in a great position to pounce, just as they did to get Paul George. And they're obviously not afraid to trade for a guy, um, who maybe had, you know, demanded a trade but wanted to go somewhere else. Right? Paul George was trying to get to L.A., and the Thunder made a really good trade for him, and then eventually. You know, you know, when, when it's time to move him, they, they do, you know, they made another really smart deal. So um, it, it could go a hundred different directions. And if it, if they don't consolidate picks or I, listen, they're not going to use every pick for in perpetuity, but they're, they're under no pressure at the moment. Um, if they don't make a big deal um, this off season, they're still in good shape. Because I think, as I said, just making some modest moves, some modest pickups, veterans to put around your young stars, uh, or your, your young core, you're already in great position to to make a big advancement next season and be in the playoffs.
1: I think that patience will be key for the Thunder this off season. What's key for you is to go over to Prize Picks right now and go to the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com and go there use the code locked on you're going to get 100% deposit match up to $100 when you do that because price picks is great and what you do is you just sit back relax and enjoy the game with a more enhanced option it's like daily fantasy, only it's just you versus the projected numbers, not you versus people who do this for a living and are sharks and just know every, every data point necessary. It's just you versus the price pick projections. You take two to six players, and you guess will they score more or less than their price pick projections. And if you're right, you can win 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections. They have it for NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football men and women's college basketball WNBA soccer NASCAR tennis everything that you that you want to watch they have it over there so check it out today at prospects.com or the prospects app uh, and Go make a prediction. In the next game, will Kevin Durant have more or less than 26 and a half points? If you can guess that right based on the projected numbers, you can win and it's, it's safe and balfers fast withdrawals. You can make your entry in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy and it's operational in 30 states and Canada. So go right now to the PrizePix Picks app or prizepicks.com. Get 100% deposit match guarantee up to $100 with code locked on. That's code locked on at prizepicks.com.
2: TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com
1: guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Howard, thanks for joining us again. I, I want to talk about the playoffs real quick. As someone who's covered the league for so long and so many playoffs, can you kind of uh, give us the insight in this perspective about experience? I think that you mentioned it, the expectations and the fan base and, and people are going to be wanting the Thunder team to make the postseason next year. But making that leap does not necessarily guarantee you a deep postseason run because you know we've seen different young cores need to take their lumps, so to say. To you, what does experience mean and matter in the postseason? And is there any lessons from this current postseason that, that the Thunder can learn from?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because we've already seen a a couple of young teams that had breakthrough seasons get bounced in the first round, right? Cleveland and Sacramento. And, you know, in the case of I'll take the Cavaliers first. Actually, you know what? Let me take the Kings first. The Kings, I feel like they are the outlier, right? Here's a team that, you know, the franchise hadn't made the playoffs in 17 years. Obviously these players don't carry the burden of all the 17 years. Um, But this is a group that uh, outside of like Harrison Barnes really didn't have postseason experience, but they had a great regular season record. They come in against an established, you know, defending champion in the Warriors and, you know, they, they lose in, in seven. But what we saw from the Kings, which I think is, more the exception than the rule was a young team that makes its first ever playoff appearance and did not look at all daunted by the surroundings by the the, the pressure by the opponent um, The playoffs are different, and the general rule of thumb in the NBA is a young team breaks through, loses in the first round, maybe even loses the first round a couple of years in a row before they find their footing and are ready to start advancing and, and taking on the you know the, the established powers. The Kings, I mean, it's a first round loss, fine. But it was seven games. They were they went up against the, you know, most unusual six seed you're ever gonna see, right? You know, you don't usually find the defending champs at that, at that position. Um, so to me, the the Kings playoff debut was a wild success, but also I think the outlier. The Cavaliers are the more typical version where there are four seed going, you know, by definition, four or five matchups. I don't even think there's an upset when when the five wins by definition they're as close to the standings as you can you can get so um they they looked completely spooked by the surroundings by the atmosphere especially the games at the garden i was at one of those uh they just you know evan mobley suddenly was a shadow of himself and so was darius garland and even donovan mitchell who is the one with the most big game experience postseason experience in that group couldn't meet the challenge and Jared Allen shrunk and it did just all of a sudden you look up and you're like, this, this was a team that was, you know, yeah, that, that, that was you know the fourth best team in the East behind the three established powers. And that, that has four guys that we're talking about as potential all-stars, you know, three of whom have been stars and, and Mobley who will, who will eventually be an all-star and, and nobody looked like a star in that series from that, from that team. Um, Will they be better for that coming back next season? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, one, it it underscored the obvious, the thing that we already knew, and I think the Cavs as as new as an organization. One, they they are desperate for a, an, a you know a fifth starter, a, a small forward, and a bench. Like they just have holes. They have four really good players who didn't play particularly well in that series, but also they have holes, and so it gives you clarity about your offseason, I think, um, and it gives those guys some sense of what the playoffs are like so that the next time you know a year from now when the Cavs are back in the playoffs maybe garland and mobley are 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 more ready mentally and emotionally to to meet the moment um and i you know like that's not a knock that's just the normal way of things typically in this league i don't and again i i don't consider the Cavs first round exit to be a disappointment. Um, I'm sure it is for their fans and I'm sure they, they certainly hope to beat the Knicks and and be, be in the second round that obviously, but, um, I I think no one should be surprised when a young team that hasn't been there before has that kind of outcome. So when the thunder head into next season as a team that now I think will be expecting to be a top, you know, whether it's top six or whether they, you know, whether they're top eight and have to, to go through a, a play in game, I don't think they expect to be nine or 10 again. Um, They'll at least have the memory of what it was like to play in meaningful games down the stretch of this season and that play in game, but they'll go into the first round, probably as a lower seed. They'll be facing who knows, maybe it's, it's, it could be the Grizzlies or the Kings um, could be the, could be the Warriors uh, if they, if they have a more normal regular season, there's another team with a fascinating off season, um, depending on how this all goes for the next few weeks. um, And the thunder will probably, you know, get smacked down. Cause that's just the way things go and they'll learn from that. And then, you know, the next season they'll come back in better shape to actually win a playoff series like that. That would be my expectation. Like, you know, we're, we're looking way too far ahead at this point, but uh, that's, that's generally the way these things go.
1: Howard, my last question for you to stay on brand is going to be just a little bit far ahead. And that is what is the, the list for you or, or how far up in the list for you for the thunder in terms of, priority of watchability next year are they in the top Hmm. half of the league of what teams you're most interested to watch next year on opening night are going to seek out their game like how important will it be for you to watch this team next year
2: the league pass ratings or rankings um i mean look some of that depends on what a lot of these teams do this summer right there's some teams that are in you know need to make major moves there are teams that will be forced to make major moves um i think as things stand right now the Thunder are definitely top 10. They might even be top five because we're, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm looking at, at all the teams in front of me right now, just to see if anybody else pops like aside from watching Victor Wembanyama's team, whoever that might be, we'll find out um, in a, what, two weeks? Uh, lottery, my favorite time of year. Um, aside from Wembanyama's team, whoever the defending champs are that's always a must watch um the team that lost in the finals is going to be a must watch um i suppose you're 21 of lebron is a must watch um i don't see anybody else as i'm kind of like scanning the standings who will be quite as intriguing as the thunder because for for the obvious reasons everything we've just been discussing um they've got a really interesting young core and oh by the way chet holmgren's gonna play and and that's that's basically the equivalent of saying you know that, that they have the number two pick now and they're getting an impact player right like right. we're always intrigued to watch those guys and especially somebody who is as unique um in their makeup as as chet holmgren is so yeah they're they're probably in, in the the theoretical way too early league pass rankings uh the thunder are top five
1: Howard, I really appreciate you joining us. You can find him on Twitter at Howard Back. Find him on Locked On NBA every Monday talking postseason. Howard, thanks for being aboard.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Until
1: next time, be good and be good to one another.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.